Unsilencing Stories is a podcast that reflects the voices of people in small towns and communities in Canada who have lost loved ones to the toxic drug supply crisis. Since 2016, more than 30,000 people have died from fatal overdoses in Canada, and that number continues to climb. The risk in smaller towns and communities is much higher than in urban areas because of a lack of harm reduction services and stigma against substance use and people who use drugs. This podcast is part of a community-based participatory research project facilitated by Erin Goodman, PhD, a faculty member at Kwatlen Polytechnic University in Surrey, BC, along with students Jenna Keeble and Ashley Pokernich. The aim was to assist collaborators in publicly memorializing their loved ones and expressing grief, as well as challenging silences imposed by dominant media organizations and stigma from society against substance use and people who use drugs. We hope these nuanced stories make a clear why the government needs to be doing more to prevent further deaths. Please note, this podcast contains information about overdose death, grief, and trauma that may be distressing to listen to. In this episode, you'll hear Shane Mathis interviewing Colin Goddard in Cranbrook, BC. Colin remembers his friend who died from an opioid overdose or drug-related accident. What is your first and last name? Colin Goddard. Where do you live? Name, city, town, province. Uh... Right now, NFA, like Cranbrook, BC. Is there one person you would like to speak about who died from an overdose? Oh, it's hard to say. I know a lot of people that have died from overdose. And, uh, yeah, I lost quite a few people over the last few years. Can you tell me their first and last name? Uh, Megan Wilson, the number one. Uh, Most of the times... People that I've had experiences with dying, I bring back somehow. Or if I couldn't, then uh, like the ambulance would bring them back. But I don't know myself, I've died over 40 times. After you get Narcan so many times, your memory goes. And so it's hard to uh, focus and uh, remember individuals. It's really, really hard. What was their age? Uh, I'm not even sure how how old, like, I think she was in her 40s or 50. I can't remember. With Megan, we uh, would go out mushroom picking out in Nelson and, like, Weimar. We'd go into the forest and, like, just spend the whole day in the woods. And uh, when she died, she was walking down the street and then just face-planted, coming down some stairs outside the, the Civic Center there. Ten minutes before that, we were just smoking fentanyl in the Stepping Stones uh, homeless shelter there. And uh, where did they live? They were she. She was uh, homeless too, living at the <coughs> homeless shelter there in Nelson. Could you describe a moment or time that you shared together? Yeah, like we used to go out mushroom picking. She was a transgender. Uh, and so she would be always apologizing for like just being herself right and i thought it was kind of sad that i guess she she was probably in her 50s i'm guessing somewhere and so she was scrutinized a lot uh for being transgender and uh she didn't feel comfortable in her own skin people and just i don't know made her feel unwelcome and uh she took it really bad to heart, and she started out just using side, um, just methamphetamine, and then 
when the fentanyl came in, like she changed. What do you remember most about it? 10 minutes before that, we were just smoking and we had dinner and she went off, went for a walk. And then I come outside the homeless shelter and the ambulance was already there. I guess one of the staff at the homeless shelter, I don't know how they knew that was going to happen, but like as it happened, they rushed and she didn't make it. What was your relationship to them? Just a friend. Tell me about them. I didn't go to the memorial. I don't go to like uh, funerals and stuff like that. I have kind of an issue with, with that and... Uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I don't know. What is your first memory of them? Well, I met her at the homeless shelter. Do you have a best memory of them? Yeah, spending time with her in the forest, picking mushrooms. Like, she had this eye, like, I couldn't even see half the mushrooms, like, she saw. And, like, wow, like, she didn't get to go out and do stuff like that with many people just for the fact that, you know, not many people... I don't know, are just open about it, you know, like, and I don't know, I don't judge people for their life choices, and I try and not be positive to people, you know, because you never know when they're uh, going to ghost on you. What did they mean to you? Well, I think after Megan died, I started dying lots. It made me look at death a little different. Are you comfortable? Can you talk about the death? How did they die? <clears throat> she was walking down a set of stairs in Nelson and just face planted onto the concrete, face first, and just blacked out and died right there on the spot. What was the hardest thing about losing? Not having that person around anymore as a friend you know, somebody to talk to. I, I would kind of like help her and boost her spirit a little, give her just a shoulder to cry on kind of thing. Yeah, she was pretty cool. Um, what do you miss about them? Her smile. When she came over, she, she just like, I don't know, she was always positive. She, she wouldn't judge you for your uh, drug habit or whatever, you know, or personal life choices. You know, she was just uh, a really cool person. Can you talk about the biggest obstacles they overcame in life? Well, she was transgender, right? So being in a small town like Nelson, <clears throat> there's a lot of hick mentality up there, right? And so <clears throat> I grew up in Vancouver, and that's kind of like a normal thing out there. Was there anything you disagreed about, fought over, experienced some conflict around? Uh, no, we never fought over anything, really. She didn't really like fighting really that much, but in all fairness, at, towards the end, the benzo dope that we were getting, I think we had it tested, it was like 98% carfentanil with uh, benzo, and uh, that changed her. It made her uh, snappy a little bit towards the end there. Quick to anger. What about them makes you smile? Just her giving nature. I don't know, she was just a really cool person. It was after that that I kind of started dying lots too. And then in the last little while, I came to the realization that it's not the drug I'm addicted to, it's the death.
and because I consciously remember it, the experience of life after death. And I've died over 40 times since she passed away. That's a lot. Yeah. But I don't have many memories because the Narcan, I think, it fucks your head after you've been Narcan too many times. That's why I tell people not to Narcan me because uh, I do a lot of drugs, right? A lot of people worry about me, but it's like, you know, I, I can't die. Like every time I die, somebody brings me back <clears throat> and drives me nuts. What did they look like? Well, it depends. <laughs> she, she, she would change lots, right? Like her hair would change. Some days she'd wear wigs. Some days she'd wear glasses, right? Like, just depends on how she felt, I guess. Do you have any favorite jokes they used to tell? No, she would kind of just laugh at me for looking like I do. <laughs> and sometimes I'll get all tweaked out and go on a wander and pick up feathers and put them in my hats and shit like that. And she'd always make fun of me for it. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good good humor kind of way, not like a like a bad thing. It was kind of funny. What was the what was were their hopes and dreams for the future? That I couldn't tell you. I really don't know. She just really wanted to be accepted, right? Like and being a transgender person in a small town it's not easy. Nelson's not a very big town, so how are you different now than you were before you lost him? Well, like I said, I got addicted to dying. <clears throat> a lot of it had to do with being able to talk to people that died. Because in, in the other world, after death, it, it's hard to, hard to explain. You can't put it into English. It doesn't work like that. But it's just death is an addiction all in itself. I've come to realize... What is the image of them that has stayed with you? Her smile, her wide eyes, just happy. She was a really, really happy person before, like the last month or so before she passed. Like I said, the benzodiazepine made kind of everybody get a little snappy and quick to anger. I think she just missed a step because she was probably off in her little world and wasn't paying attention, like we all do, right? Like, it happens. Yeah. Do you have any traditions to honor them? Well, not really, no. But every time I go mushroom picking, I think of her. I remember the we got <clears throat> these lobster mushrooms, and she'd never had them before, and I cooked them up on the wood stove. She never had them before, right? So it was kind of uh, it was kind of neat to see her uh, pick the mushroom and then try it because she didn't she wasn't really into the mushrooms, but she had an eye for them. Like she could spot them a mile away, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. what has helped you most in your grief? Drugs and the ability to forget. That's helped me a lot. How would you describe them? Just a really giving, caring person. Um, do you call any nicknames or terms of endearment? Megs. Just Megs. Do they have a nickname for you? Well, I just go by Buzz. That's kind of my nickname. What is the particular time you recall they were especially happy? 
when she'd go out to Weimar and uh, there was a friend of hers uh, that we had a, a mutual friend. She would go out there and spend some time out in Weimar there. It's kind of like off-grid life out there and so it's like really laid back. You're deep in the woods in the middle of nowhere. No electricity and like I was living like on the top of a mountain with no running water and no electricity for like four years and uh yeah it's a really small town like 250 300 people maybe that's a long time mm -hmm. i don't know i like being in the bush with silence i get all uh weirded out when i'm around crowds of people were they constantly constantly late or early to events late <clears throat> yeah she uh she ran on her own time you know do you have any funny stories about times you spent together? <laughs> in the back of the homeless shelter there in Nelson, three in the morning she'd just come out and hand smokes out to everybody and then just like she just popped in the weird, weirdest times. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Do you ever discuss big decisions they made that impacted their life? Yeah, well, just being a transgender in her day and age was, it's a big decision, right? She got put through the ringer pretty good, I think. You know, she was always apologizing for just being herself. If you knew they could drop by and visit, and visit tomorrow, what your ideal day spent together look like? Out in the forest, just doing drugs and going for a nature walk you know or going on to buddy's property and like yeah he had like i don't know a bunch of cars and stuff and she'd always like take things apart and say she was going to fix them and then never fix them just take them apart <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was kind of funny what type of music did they listen to all sorts mostly uh like trance music psy trance and stuff like that was there a piece of clothing or something else they wore that you found distinguishes them or separates them from others no because she would change lots she always wore something different like there's a lot of clothing bins and stuff like that out there so you know free clothing you know when you're out in the middle of the night and you're all tweaked out and rummaging and shit how will you honor their memory? In my mind, I uh, have a hard time remembering things about people because a lot of people tell me a lot, a lot of things, and I just don't remember. Like, I don't remember what I did yesterday. So remembering personal things about people is really, really difficult for me. What do you wish you would have had said to them before they died? Watch your step. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Unsilencing Stories podcast. To listen to more interviews in the series, please go to www.unsilencingstories.com. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on the episode, message us at unsilencingstories at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And please share the project of other people you know.